0: See So today we help you wake up and live uh, when it comes uh, to your health. For the past couple of weeks, uh, Dr. Tolls has been helping us understand uh, the phenomena that is a silent killer uh, across the globe being... Um, Uh, Diabetes, and today she's going to help us understand how diet can impact on diabetes. Please send in messages. Uh, Let's interact if you've got any questions. Zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Good dog. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: Morning, morning, Atemer. Morning, Patricia. How are you, my love?
0: We are strong. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm well, thank you. I am well. It is cold. But we're extremely, surviving. Yeah, you can't that. extremely <laughs> you All right. Yeah. So, Doc, we are going to be talking about um, diabetes and diet. There's a lot of people, Doc, <laughs> who will say, I-, I don't understand how I've mm-hmm. been diagnosed with diabetes when I don't eat sugar at all. Or I've got diabetes and I don't eat sugar, but it's still not stabilizing. Yeah.
1: Yes. So that's the one thing we've noticed, obviously, with patients when they come through and see us. And we let them know that, look, your sugar levels are high or your blood glucose level is high. And they're like, but you know what, dog, I don't actually eat sugar. And then we have to break it down to say it's not only sugar that, um, what you call this, causes one to have diabetes. You might actually not have a sweet tooth. And still have diabetes. But as previously mentioned, you know, that uh, many of the foods that we eat, our body, for it to recognize it um, and utilize the food, the nutrients we eat in our body, it needs to convert it to what we call glucose. And that's a a simple sugar. So that we can have energy uh, for healing, restoration, repairing of all our systems. So that is where it is that whenever you're eating your bread your protein you know um your salad as it gets in the body it's going to be converted to what we call glucose and therefore uh it it increases your blood glucose level levels once it gets into the body and if it's not being able to be regulated by the insulin hormone then you can be diabetic, you know, or pre-diabetic in that way. So this is the last segment uh, regarding the topic around diabetes. And I really wanted to touch base on the diet part of it, just for people to understand and also know that it can be done. You know, it's, it's a bit tough, it's hard initially, but our bodies love a pattern and one can be able to overcome it with consistency and understanding that there are alternatives that are healthier and can actually help balance uh, a system that is either pre-diabetic or already uh, existing with diabetes. So yes, nutrition plays a huge role in this metabolic disorder named diabetes. And in order for us to help with minimizing the complications that I've once mentioned last time, which is your heart disease, stroke, problems with high blood pressure, uh, as well as kidney failures and so forth, it is important, and also to keep inflammation at bay, it is important for us to watch our diet.
0: Now, Doc, when it comes to uh, food, I understand that there are foods that are high in alkaline and others are high in acidity. Uh, What's the right balance in the food intake? And give us examples of those foods, please. Yes, ma'am.
1: So, I always say, with any person and not just when you are diabetic or pre-diabetic, but this is a very good diet to follow through where you having 75% of your foods, uh, which are alkaline on your plate. And then 25% would be low acidic foods as well. And the key word there is low because you have foods that range between high and low. So, um, my team and I at Nature's Relief, we actually have a program that we do for any person who's pre-diabetic or already uh, diagnosed with diabetes with this type of diet to to assist them uh, in guiding them on how to maintain health and well-being, especially when it comes to their blood glucose levels. So alkaline foods are mostly your um, green leafy vegetables, you know, foods that actually assist the body to... Uh, make sure that the um, sugar levels stay balanced. There's reduced, the alkaline environment prevents diseases from thriving. Therefore, you find that you heal faster if you have wounds and you find that you replenish your nutrients quicker as well with alkaline foods. Therefore, healing and repairing any damages to the cells that might have been caused by the imbalances uh, coming from your blood glucose levels. Then acidic foods, um, Uh, as I said, a low acidic food uh, is much better than your high acidic foods because then it also assists the body not to be overactive with acidity and make sure that it doesn't give the environment or conducive environment for infections to thrive. So that is the most important key. Um, but yeah, when an a wants to find out more and understand furthermore about this 75 alkaline, 75% alkaline, alkaline to 25% acidity food range, they can obviously contact us and we can be able to guide them accordingly because it is quite a lengthy process here and there, mm. but actually easy to understand.
0: So, we, we need to really be very cognizant of uh, the sort of uh, foods we, we take in because those foods yes. could possibly have a negative impact on our sugar yes. levels. Yes. Or man. insulin you levels.
1: <laughs> in, yeah, so both your glucose, which is the sugar levels, as well as insulin level. Because what happens is that when it's too much acidic foods, um, your fizzy drinks, your processed foods, you know, your high-fat diet um, and bad fats, which we will mention and talk about it in detail, um, what happens is that it will cause uh, inflammation to rise in the body. These foods actually cause... Um, also your blood sugar levels to increase um, very quickly, like peak very high and not be uh, released slowly into the bloodstream during digestion. And then it also affects the pancreatic gland to be overworked in producing the hormone insulin. So the body doesn't like spikes. It doesn't like high peaks and low peaks because then that's where you tend to have a lot of damaging happening with your blood vessels and other organs involved as well. So, but when you keep it consistent and having a good pattern, it actually assists the person. So these are the other key elements important when it comes to maintaining the blood glucose level, which is eating small portions With each meal or snack, and also timely. And what I mean by that is you tell yourself okay, I wake up in the morning, and between 7 and 8, I'm having breakfast. And then at around 10 ish, I'm having my snack. At between 12 and 1, I'm having lunch. At about 2, I'm having a snack. And then, or 3. And then lastly would be your dinner or supper, which is between five and the latest would be seven. So what you've done is you have consistently given your body small portions of highly nu- nutritious foods, releasing sugar slowly during digestion, therefore not overworking the pancreas. Therefore, So it means you're saving your pancreas or supporting it rather to make sure that it doesn't become overworked. You prevent insulin resistance. You manage weight much better in that way especially the weight that we gain around the waist area and you also curb those episodes of ravenous hunger and thirst because now the body will be able to use the small and frequent release of glucose in the blood so you see the perks of it
0: now doc there are people Mm -hmm. like myself and i know i'm guilty of this i can go the (laughs) whole day Without eating because I'm busy, uh, yes. and we are preoccupied, and the last thing you are thinking of is eating. It's, food. It, it's not even a thing because you are busy, and then yes. when you sit down to eat, ah, Mount Kilimanjaro of bab, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a huge steak of what's there, you know, a uh, uh, big yes. portions, and then you feel so full, and you 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 know you 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 go and rest. And the day is done. So, yeah. uh, is, is this okay? I mean, <laughs> I know there's a lot of people <laughs> who, do, who do this and I'm guilty of it. Yes. I know you are. And I've always said to
1: you, Patricia, please try, have small portions, remind yourself as well when, to, when it's time to eat as much as you are busy. So, as I said, this can be hard in the beginning because it's out of your norms, out of your patterns. And we always say, I'm busy, I'm busy. And, Mind you, we do understand we are all busy. However, this is also of priority because this is your health. And it wouldn't be nice in your business that you also have to be nursing a chronic disease while it could have been prevented in the first place. So as I said, with diet playing a huge role when it comes to diabetes, like it's your main thing, since it's a factor rather, because this is a metabolic disorder, you know. So you can literally assist it by by, um, setting what you call this an alarm on your phone when it's time to eat when you kick start this program uh, so that you can actually be reminded when it's time to eat and what's lovely is that you don't have to eat heavy foods and you just need to apply yourself and be disciplined to prepare these meals at home and that's why when you even go to supermarkets you find that they sell these small containers so that you can put your your sliced bananas or sliced apple you know and nuts, seeds, and then you have your salad so that as you're sitting there in meetings and all that, you can just say, sorry, guys, my time to eat, can I please just nibble on something? And you're introducing a good, you know, um, nutritious meal at the time or even a snack, and it will balance you. And I always say, even if you can't eat at that moment, but do have something to snack um, on, and where possible, make sure that it's something nutritious like nuts or fruits then you're sorted. Or even slices of carrots, you know. And I know it's not a fave for people, but this works unless you are able to prepare meals that are proper for yourself. Then this will be good. But I tell you now, you will be happy with your waistline and weight management. And most importantly, you'll be happy with not having those episodes of hunger, thirst, and then changes. Because your body will try and clear out that plate of papilu and everything because it's that one meal you know it's going to trade out more time like it you will have to urinate that glucose um that is in the bloodstream because it's just too much when your pancreas can not meet the demands so that is it
0: here's a message from gabi musase in lesotho who says grand rising pet does a fasting help in maintaining good health
1: so intermittent fasting can also be of assistance and beneficial for a person who's either pre-diabetic or already diagnosed with diabetes. However, it is also important for one to understand that they still need to follow the above or the things that I've mentioned formerly, which is um, making sure that they eat small portions and on time, uh, according to what they've decided that this is my window period of introducing food into my system. How it benefits the body is that it will start um, what you call this rebalancing its sugar levels, you know, because then you would have had a meal. Your last meal, let's say at four o'clock uh, in the evening and your next meal will be the following day at 12 o'clock. So all the time that you're fasting, it is important for you to hydrate. So that is where you can do just plain water. Therefore, you're assisting the body to detox the excess sugar that was in there. You're also helping uh, the pancreas to be supported and relaxed so that it doesn't have to be overworked, and most importantly, other parts of the body can also get rest. And the most key one is you are also decreasing inflammation that comes from the imbalance and imbalance in sugar level. However, guidance is needed when it comes to that uh, because some people tend to not understand. When should I eat? How should I eat? And what I should eat at the time. So that like I can feel full and not find myself sometime after four o'clock, which is the last meal of having, um, of breaking your fast, you find yourself wanting to, to nibble on a snack. Mm-hmm. And also understanding that if you have decided to go out with friends and family and you know, now it's time to eat. You can still do that. You know, it's not going to mess up your whole plan. But then you also need to be cognizant what it is that you're going to be buying uh, or serving your body with at that time at that restaurant so that you still maintain those good levels and not just let it shoot up and then drop.
0: Now, Doc, uh, take us through some foods that we need to avoid. Yes. So foods that are important to avoid. um
1: or even cut down once you see that they're actually causing some discomfort in your body. And uh, as I always say, the body communicates with us. It's a matter of us just listening or paying attention to it. You know, you get a rash, you feel discomfort, you get bloating, either you get constipated after eating bread. Other people will tell you that. So those are your, you know your communications coming from your own body that's telling you let's not do this to ourselves it's not good so we normally group them in carbohydrates protein fats and then fruits or veggies so the ones under carbohydrates which we call simple sugars that need to be avoided are your starches such as your white rice your white pasta your mini meal for pub as well as white bread also simple sugars of your sweets, your sweetened juices, as well as yogurt. And it's also important that you avoid or limit the intake of salt because it does tend to also affect your blood sugar levels and damaging the your blood vessels as well, you know. So why these simple sugar carbohydrates need to be avoided? As I said, they cause a rush of blood uh, glucose into your blood. As you put them in the body is able to quickly break them down, let them be released into the blood and then it shoots really high up and un- insulin is needed to be produced at that rate or even double so that it can counteract that. So you see the peaks that I was talking about that causes disturbances. And then from protein sources, red meat, you know, your beef and then also lamb and mutton, you need to also minimize or avoid taking it a lot. It does tend to also put a strain on digestion. We found out one of our patients when we were checking them out that they actually had a bit of red meat taking time to digest in their system and it actually lasted two weeks. Imagine yo. having meat sitting in your yo, guts yo, trying yo, yo, yo. to digest.
0: That's scary. Because
1: it's that's very scary. And I love meat,
0: see. so that's why I'm so scared, okay?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then your fats. This is another thing that uh, stigma that fats got um, in the past. People used to think fats you have to cut out completely, and which is completely incorrect, because then you need healthy, good fats for your circulation, your heart, your brain, and most importantly for cholesterol, because cholesterol makes your hormones, your sex hormones. You know, cholesterol even makes... Um, what you call this, helps with internal bleeding to form a plug so that you don't uh, bleed internally to death. Mm -hmm. And then the good cholesterol would clear out those plugs to prevent strokes or heart attack. So, but the unhealthy fats are the ones that cause your stroke and heart attack. And it comes from your fried foods, your junk foods, baked goodies and pastries, and also your vegetable oil, such as your corn, your canola, and another one, margarine. So you remember back then, they were like, butter is wrong and all that. Butter is actually right because it's pure, it's real. And if you look at the ingredients, that's like three of them at most, which is cow's milk and I think cream from the cow as well, which is done. Unlike margarine, you see a lot of ingredients as well as processing in it. Then when it comes to fruits, if you're already pre-diabetic or di- already diagnosed with diabetes, you need to also avoid eating certain fruits that are able to trigger your blood sugar levels high. So this is where you also assist the person by closely monitoring their blood sugar levels after eating certain fruits. So like a banana is good, however, if it's too ripe, it can be too sweet and spike your sugar levels. So a green one and a small portion would assist. So that's where I always say, I give them a list of foods that they need to avoid when it comes to the fruits and show them the ones that they need to look at. And then... If they want to strike a balance because maybe a banana or an apple is your favorite fruit, then let's go for the alternative as mentioned. A green banana would be better than a ripe one and a green apple would be better than your red and yellow ones in terms of sugar levels. Mm. that's how it
0: is Uh, at least now we understand what to avoid and what to eat um, and uh, all fats are not that bad you say that you as a homeopath can help um, us avoid uh, diabetes but if we are pre-diabetic help us to have the right diet so that we don't move on to um, diabetes and for those who are already diabetic you can also help with the right diet how do we get in touch with you Dr. Tolls?
1: Yes, ma'am. So, my number is 063-502-2974. I repeat, 063-502-2974. Email address is sikukuni at icloud.com. And then on social media platforms, I'm Dr. Tolls. I thank you, Patricia, and A-teamers.
0: Thank you very much, uh, A-team doctor. That's Dr. Tolak sikukuni, and we affectionately know her as a Dr. Tolls. She's a homeopath and a family doctor.